I'm back, I'm back, I'm back again. Hey guys, all right, episode two is here and I am excited that you have decided to come and join me again. Again, we are reading the book, the Bible code, finding Jesus in every book in the Bible. And we are in chapter one. If you missed the first episode, which was the introduction, please go back and listen. It's going to be fun. So what this episode is pretty much about is finding Jesus in the book of Genesis. Before I start to read, I feel like one of the things that I started to learn is God is the provider. When he told Abraham to go and sacrifice his son, Isaac, um, he provided. He knew they were going to be stranded. He knew they were going to face a situation where they would need his help. And even though he told them to go, he provided, like he still provided. I'm really excited to see how we can find Jesus in the book of Genesis. I hope you're as excited as me. I'll tell you what I learned at the end of the reading. Let's get started. All right. He is the ram at Abraham's altar. Then God said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And the angel of the Lord said, Do not lay your hand on the lad, or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of a son. Genesis 22 verse 2 and verse 12 to 13. Anyone who has ever seen a picture of the holy city of Jerusalem has most likely seen the golden domed mosque of Omar, more commonly referred to as the Dome of the Rock. Sitting center stage and glistening in the bright Middle Eastern sun on the summit of Mount Moriah. It was on or very near the same spot where Solomon's temple in all of its magnificent glory once sat. Temple's construction materials consisted of 2,000 tons of gold and 7,500 pounds of silver. There, the Jews from around the world would make their pilgrimage for the annual sacrifice during their high holy days. But centuries before a Muslim mosque or a Jewish temple sat on that site, one lone man, accompanied by his only son, scaled the summit of that same mountain and constructed a simple altar of sacrifice. God had promised Abraham that he was the one chosen to be the father of a great nation a nation whose descendants would be as numerous as the stars of the heavens. But there was a bit of a problem. He was already 
an old man, and his wife, Sarah, was decades beyond childbearing years. As though that were not problematic enough, she was also barren. Having been unable to produce a child over the course of her entire life, then came a miracle birth. Not a virgin birth, but a miracle all the same. Isaac, through whom the world would be blessed by the eventual appearance of the Messiah, was born to Abraham and Sarah. And so it was for Abraham. Isaac, this only son of Abraham and Sarah, was the heir who would carry forward God's promise to Abraham. But God now instructed the father to sacrifice the son as a test of his trust. God wanted to know that Abraham's faith was in his promise, not in his son Isaac. Times have not changed much across the centuries. Many of us who have been so richly blessed by God can be tempted to transfer our trust from the one who blesses us to the blessings we have and hold. Abraham's response to this seemingly impossible challenge was one of faith, obedience, and trust in his God. There was no doubt, no defiance, no delay. He simply took God at his word, and the New Testament writer of Hebrews framed it thus, By faith Abraham obeyed. Therefore, from one man and him, as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Hebrews 11 verse 8 12 and 17. This trek of father and son up Mount Moriah is replete with one picture after another of a journey that would be taken some 2,000 years later to the same mountain by our own Heavenly Father, accompanied by His only begotten Son and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Upon arriving at the foot of the Mount of Sacrifice, Abraham instructed his servant to stay there, saying, The lad and I will go yonder and worship and will come back to you. Genesis 22 verse 5 What was about to take place on the summit was a transaction between father and son alone. The same will be true at Mount Calvary, the northern extension of Mount Moriah. During those three hours of darkness, while Jesus was on the cross, God the Father and God the Son did business alone. The agony of those hours was indescribable. While the final sacrifice for the sins of the world was being made, God closed the door to all human eyes and turned out the light of heaven. For three hours, the eternal transaction for your sin and mine was between the Father and the Son alone. Look closely at Abraham. He took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. Verse 6. 
let's say journeyed up the mountain. This is a portent of foreshadow of the divine side of Calvary. Much of our thoughts concerning the cross are from the human side, what it meant for us. But think of the divine side. Look at the Father's heart as he placed the wooden cross upon the bruised and bloodied back of his own son and watched as he carried it up the way to Golgotha, the place of execution. As they journeyed along together, Isaac, bearing the wood for the sacrifice upon his back, made an inquiry of his father, where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Verse 7. Quick came Abraham's response. My son, God will provide for himself the lamb. So the two of them went together. Verse 8. Yes, God himself will provide the lamb. In fact, God himself would be the lamb, the sacrifice for our sin. It was of this very event and to these very words that Jesus addressed the Jews, saying, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. John 8 verse 6 Arriving at the summit of Moriah, Abraham meticulously built an altar arranged the wood for the bond offering upon it, then bound his son Isaac and laid him upon the altar. And he stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Genesis 22 verse 10. Immediately the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ himself, called to him from heaven, Do not lay your hand on the lad. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up instead of his own. Verse 12 to 14. Our imaginations can only wonder. What must have been racing through Abraham's mind that day? Fifty years before, God had promised him a son. Thirty years passed, and God repeated the promise it would take a miracle. But Abraham believed. Paul would later say, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Romans 4, 3. God kept his word. And Isaac was born and grew up. Then God tested Abraham. And when he kept the faith, God provided a substitutionary sacrifice, a ram. That ram is a beautiful picture of our Lord Jesus. You and I deserve to die. But Jesus provided himself for the lamb. He rushed out to Calvary into our place, bore our sins, died the death so we could live his life. He took our sins so we could take his righteousness. He is our substitutionary sacrifice and all-sufficient Savior. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Genesis 22 verse 14. 
If there is any doubt that Abraham understood what was happening that day, Jesus settled it two millennia later. When transversing those same dusty road, he said, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. John 8 verse 56 You and I have a God who can and will provide, who in fact provided himself as our very own substitutionary sacrifice. No wonder when Jesus stepped out from the obscurity of the carpenter's shop to appear in the Jordan Valley, John the Baptist thrust a pointed finger in his direction and shouted, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John 1 verse 29 Yes, we can find Jesus in every book of the Bible, sometimes in type, sometimes in shadow, and sometimes in prophecy. And here in Genesis, he is the ram at Abraham's altar, our own substitutionary sacrifice. That concludes the reading for chapter one. All right, all right. Honestly, this was a great reading. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's so beautiful to see that God has had us in mind from the very beginning. Like one of the scriptures that come to my mind is um, a scripture in the book of Ephesians that talks about Jesus has been slain even before the foundation of the world. I mean, when you think about Abraham, like, the fact that he provided back then and he still provided for us, like, like, just think about it. Like, how long have you had us in mind, Jesus? Like, it's so crazy and so beautiful at the same time. It's kind of like just me seeing this, like, how far would Jesus go just to provide for us? I wonder what Abraham was thinking when God told him to go up to the mountain. And it's funny because he had to go away from everything. He had to separate himself. So like this was a one-on-one thing with God. I mean, it makes me think about when you write an exam, like nobody assists you in the exam. Like you're there by yourself. Exams are there not for the examiner but for the examinee, for us that take this exam. So I feel like it really helped Abraham to see as well that this was never about Isaac, but it was God trying to see if my trust is in him or in what he gave me. And this is applicable to us as well. Like God gives us so many things. God blesses us and you're like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But at the end of the day, would we be fine if we are in a test? Like, would we be fine if every of that is stripped away from us? If every of the blessing is gone, like, where would our faith stand? Would we still say, God, you are good? Like, for me, this um book of the Bible and what happened for Abraham just shows me how God is always, always a provider is Jaira and he is enough. I am so excited because honestly, I could go on and on, (laughs) but I want to see you guys on the third episode as we read 
chapter two, finding Jesus in Exodus. Like this one is going to be exciting. Like how, where did he come up in Exodus? Like, but you never know until you come. So I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.